those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. Well, welcome to the Randy Tobler Show on a somber Saturday as the crisis in Afghanistan continues to unroll. And uh, some news overnight, in case you were having a a pleasant Friday evening trying to be healthily distracted from the goings-on over... uh, in Afghanistan, we uh, we hear of U.S. airstrikes, uh, a drone attack uh, in accord with President Biden's uh, rather tepid and non-energetic speech the other day. But nonetheless, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin reported to have ordered a drone strike against an ISIS-K planner. Now, we'll learn more as the show goes on in terms of what a planner is. We have several uh, outstanding guests that are experts on defense matters and so forth. Um, Tom Spohr from the Heritage Foundation, who's the director of national uh, defense, uh, will join us a little bit later in this hour. We hope to talk to Walid Faris, who is, of course, all over the airwaves, our Middle East expert and Fox uh, celebrity in that, in that uh, matter as well. And um, we'll be talking also to a couple of veterans who have been deployed and served in the Middle East uh, throughout the program, hoping that you too will call if you have served, if you um, are close to someone who served, and I really want to try to garner your reactions to the the, the carnage that we saw on Thursday morning. Uh, Thirteen brave, um, well, twelve Marines and one Navy corpsman uh, perished, along with uh, several Americans that were injured in a suicide bombing attack, uh, and uh, hundreds of Afghani's. I understand now it's approaching two. Hundred, uh, all told, and uh, how sad, how utterly sad that uh, certainly we can talk about whether America should have had a footprint, uh, should not have had a footprint. I know when we talked with Jim Talent a couple weeks ago, he uh, agrees with me. Well, I guess I should say I agree with Jim. It's not, it's not fair to say Jim Talent agrees with me, but there is a contingent of folks that say that probably like other theaters in the world that are just um, seed beds for terror and for nefarious behavior and 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 uh, foreign threats that could materialize to threaten national security that having a, a soft but yet a, a visible footprint seems to be able it seems to be a good uh, a good pattern the old uh, you know cop on the on the beat kind of a, of a pattern whether or not you agree with that, and if in withdrawal was imminent, I think across the board, including MSNBC, CNN, CBS, NBC, what other left, producer Max, what other left wing outlet am I forgetting here? Oh my lord, I mean, everything. Every- Everyone's Everybody. hammering, uh, you know, everyone's hammering the administration, and as they should. I mean, I think that absolutely uh, any any reasonable person would say this could have been done better. Of course, Donald Trump, in a pretty hard <coughs> hard hitting interview with Do- with uh, Sean Hannity the other evening, and and others, I've heard him on other uh, outlets, said, "Look, we we had this planned out, and we we were going to do it to where we still had that umbrella, that coverage uh, with our military, with Bagram, and we were." going to then, you know, make sure everyone was out of the country and then blow up or remove all of the materiel, blow up the remaining air bases. And I thought I heard him say he was going to keep Bagram open because it's in that northern part, in that wedge between Iran, China, Pakistan, you know, just just to have a presence. And I, I can't wait to talk to the people that know a lot more than I do, people that were in Afghanistan, in Iraq, heard the plans, were part of the plans in terms 
terms of actual soldiers on the ground, as well as, um, you know, strategists as well. So it promises to be an interesting <coughs> and productive program this morning. And, you are fired uh, this drone up strike today, sir. May be the beginning. We don't know. I hope it's a lot of retaliation and not only just for revenge and avenge, but taking out the bad actors. I mean, I, the problem is, Max, you probably heard like I did. How many I heard between several hundred and thousands of Al Qaeda, ISIS and other bad guys that were released from the Bagram prison. Yes. And I mean, are they just going to go home and open up a milkshake shop? I'm thinking not. <laughs> I'm thinking not. And also, they now uh, they have found all this wonderful equipment that we've left behind, because unlike yeah. President Trump, who was going to remove all that stuff or just blow it up, he was saying that he wanted every screw back, every nut, every bolt. And instead, yep. uh, we've left millions of dollars of equipment over there with really bad people. I wonder how that's going to turn out. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 these it's ingrained, and and that's been one of the arguments that people have said that we just should get the heck all the heck out of there. And and I have to respect arguments on all sides. I mean, this these are complex issues. Anyone that thinks that they have the the one size fits all answer, I think, is is making a mistake. And you have to discuss other other issues and history. And 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 I always wrestle myself with like, is that culture ever? reconcilable into some kind of a civil society. I, of course, it's not going to be a Western democracy like we, we think of. Of course, it's not going to be, uh, you know, like a, a, with a parliament that, that's duly elected and minimal corruption, less than America used to have. But that's for another show. Um, and uh, uh, but at least where the, the tribal factions could get along and realize that you know, if you if you if you get along, you're going to go along and perhaps, you know, turn yourself into a society that can actually have a meaningful existence for all of your people rather than just the elite. I, I don't know. Uh, but that said, <clears throat> you sure wonder where it's all going to go. And uh, we, we hope to to find out as the program goes goes on. And I'd like to get your opinions uh, if you're if you're out there thinking, you know, would have should have done this. Oh, Donald Trump. Well, there's a kernel of truth with what Biden said. Donald Trump shouldn't have ever negotiated with the Taliban in the first place. Huh? Okay, we can have that discussion. Um, but I, I found it interesting when you hear the strategists and the tacticians talking about the, just the physical uh, layout of, of the uh, Hamad Karzai airport. Apparently, there is just like a, a, a row, like an alleyway, a thin row, just one road around the place separating it from an urban environment and that you just can't defend that you just because there's there's it, it's like it's like having your your dinner on the porch right next to the hornet's nest because it's it's <laughs> it, it but yet at, at somewhere like Bagram you have I've heard kilometers of open space so that you know if they're coming with a with a truck that may be loaded with a bomb or with you know it just now on the other hand um uh, some have said that the and and this makes a ton of sense to me that the strategic error that was made right away was the commitment to protect the embassy and therefore well Bagram's far removed from the embassy so you had to sort of move your operations to to the airport i it it baffles me though when you begin to see things going badly i, I mean we've had that happen i don't care think about whatever your profession is i'm thinking of a repair i tried to do don't if you're a if you're a homeowner and you're not real handy with the things that, you know, plumbers and electricians and experts do, 
take the story into heart. But it's it's maybe a, a little allegory for, for, for what we should have done as the Afghanistan uh, debacle was unfolding. You know the little shutoff valves that go from the main feeder lines up to the faucet? You know, there's a hot one and a cold one. There's those little delicate little valves. I needed to repair a faucet, which I thought I could do. I went and bought the little Delta faucet repair kit and I was going to turn off the valve. Well, I guess it hadn't been turned off in decades. I don't know. We have a house that's 20 or 22 years old, 23 years old. And, and so I tried to turn it off. Well, it started leaking madly right at the valve. I guess they're little cheap $3 valves. I don't know what happened and I didn't overturn it. I couldn't, it was only, I wasn't even yet closed. And so my point is, I had to rapidly abandon my plan to repair the faucet <laughs> because I was having this leak. And so what I had to do was just basically open it up again. And interestingly, it stopped leaking when I opened it. So there was something wrong with the valve. Well, then I frantically went downstairs and I realized, well, now we finished the basement. And in my wisdom, I had drywalled over the main shutoff valve. And so then I had to, now what do I do? So then I had to go out into the yard and, <laughs> and find where the meter is. And I had to frantically dig into the dirt and find out. And I was able to turn off the main meter out in the yard. My point being, <laughs> I didn't continue to turn the valve and try to close it as it was leaking even more as I closed it. And I had to pivot and I had to adjust. And we do that in every aspect of life. If I'm doing an operation and I find that there's an anatomical variation or I encounter something that I didn't plan on that the imaging didn't show, you, you have to modify the plan. And I think that what Americans are saying to Joe Biden, Lloyd Austin, Doogie Hauser, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, I'm sorry, the guy just doesn't put forth a an air of confidence for me. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be that way, but he's been around for a while. You know what I mean. Uh, and and uh, thoroughly modern uh, General Milley, you know, it, you just don't get the feeling that that's like, and Joe Biden is still doubling down on the withdrawal date, right? August 31st, come heck or high water, we're out of here, no matter what. And, and that, that rigidity, that inflexibility, from what I understand from the service members I know, they're just, I mean, you know that emoji where you just put the emoji with the little hand over the forehead and like, uh, you know, that's what they're doing. It's like, what are these guys thinking? You have a mission. Timeline, the mission is to <laughs> accomplish the mission. And and it's just it's just maddening. It just drives you crazy. The numbers are 314-912-1019. 314-912-1019. Why do we say 1019? Because it's News Talk SCL 101.9, 94.1, 93 HD3. Uh, I listen on the News Talk STL app all the time. It's a really great stable app. It's beautiful. I hear it all the time. And um and of course if you have Alexa, I don't know, I don't do the Alexa. I just don't want Alexa listening to me. I don't know. I, it's fantastic. Have. You have to get in with Alexa. She's wonderful. I know she's wonderful. Everyone tells me that, but I hear these stories of Alexa listening to you and, you know, uh, is it true that you could get like flatulent sounds if you ask Alexa to flatulate? My 10-year-old will tell you yes. <laughs> well, and I and I hope everyone realizes that we cannot have a somber, morbid show all morning and we're going to, from time to time, talk about some other matters. I do want to talk with my very good friend, Patrice Lee Anwuka from one of my favorite organizations in the whole wide world, uh, the Independent Women's Forum. You know, I 
I got a thing from them. I'm gonna have to talk with her about that when she's on. I I had a little message from them that like they're they're they have some kind of like a elite members club or a founder a charter founders club of you can get exclusive you know uh, uh, group chats or something I don't know uh, three months ago and it was like join the women of the world be the first one and then they also but if you look down in the fine print it says and you know men are invited too so it's even though it's an independent women's forum these are generally um, married women with children who are strong conservatives and um and they've got this wonderful organization. Tammy Bruce is like the leader of the organization. I mean, it's it's a powerhouse organization. So I don't know. I I do have a sensitive side. Maybe I I don't. Know, maybe they'd let me join. I'll have to see if Patrice would. I had the pleasure of having my wife and I having coffee with her when we were in D.C. a few years ago, and um, just a delightful person. And she's an immigrant from a Caribbean nation. I forget which one, but um, first generation. And um, she, you talk about. We've talked with her about critical race theory. Oh my God talk with her about that she'll have none of it and and she's of course a, a you know I, what would that make her a montenegro american i don't know whatever you're from she's not from montenegro it's from uh, trinidad and tobago american i don't know so uh with that intro i invite you to uh, call and i'd like to hear your well i'd like two things tell me your visceral reaction as this thing we were on our way driving after the show a week and a half ago well two weeks ago we drove down to destin you know the redneck riviera down there we had a nice vacation with the family i'm still recovering from the cold that they tell me isn't COVID. i got swabbed it wasn't i mean it's still my my water, eyes are still watering from the frontal lobotomy from that swab yeah and um <clears throat> but on our way down, this thing was unraveling. And I heard uh, my Jake Tapper was giving the, uh, uh, Tony uh, Blinken, the, the Secretary of State, all kinds of trouble. And I mean, it was really some hard-hitting interviews. But I'd like to know your visceral reaction as this thing unfolded, as you heard about the bombing on Thursday, and then pivot to your rational response and where do we go from here i'd like you to be the military slash security strategist of the moment when you call me and we'll talk about it right after the break and later on thomas spore who himself engineered one of the largest withdrawals of american troops from iraq successfully and we're going to hear what uh, tom spore from heritage has to say uh, uh later on in the program 314-912-1019 that's 912-1019 it's the tobler show with producer max foise over there we'll be right back welcome back to the program here on news talk stl 1019 on your alexa and uh, your app or streaming so uh, you can get app now on android or ios just uh, navigate to the news talk stl.com website you can click on the buttons there or of course through the app store i forget one's the Google Play and the other is the app. Uh, I don't know. Apple, app, app, Apple. Is it a Fuji or is it a is it a Ruby Red Apple? Is it I'm live not. or is it Memorex? There you go. Hey, we have a caller on the line, and if you'd like to call and give your reaction to the uh, the carnage that we've been watching, uh, and boy, there have been some vivid in- uh, images. When I saw the uh, boy, there was there was a cell phone image of apparently there's like a drainage ditch in the area where this bomb exploded and the images of Afghanis uh, just floating in this pool, you know, back up, uh, clearly deceased. I mean, it's just, um, I don't know. And then we hear about, we get the reports of the Taliban already, you know, taking the arms off of, uh, of American sympathizers, you know, native Afghans who native uh, sympathizers, taking the family, uh, having their way with the girls. Oh, in what they call marrying them. Yeah. When Afghan uh, Taliban marry a 12 year old, it's gang rape. That's what I mean. It's rape. That's what's going on. And it's just uh, 
It's just horrid to think what's going on. Gene's on the line at 312-1019. How you doing, Gene? What's going on? Hey, good, Dr. Tobler. It is so good to hear you back on the radio. This oh, it's great to Bell be back Bell. on. Yeah, thank you. And, and for a full three hours. That's fantastic. You betcha. Well, thank you, Gene. And I know Gene's a longtime listener and a great friend of the show and a personal friend as well. So thank you for calling, Gene. How are things with you? Oh, I'm well, thanks. Except my blood pressure's off the charts with all this stuff. Just I'll try to be succinct. I think it was Laura Logan who had mentioned this, that um, beside the absolute killing of any kind of trust that people have had working with us. And I think this is the second time now that we've stabbed the Afghanis in the back with uh, yeah, yeah. not not protecting people that are working with us. But we turned the Silk Road into paved highways. And I think we built a rail line that now China's going to use to extract minerals and things out of there and We've let China go with that kind of thing worldwide for so long. We're going to really do ourselves in with uh, them controlling so much supply of raw materials and everything. Or It's really a mess. That's an underlying thing beside all the stupidity that we've done, leaving a terrorist playground and now uh, the world's best training facility for terrorists that Biden's just handed over to them. Gene, do you think it's an overspeak to say that between Biden and and maybe Donald Trump's misstep in in removing everything from Afghanistan? Although I think I thought I I thought I heard Donald Trump say that he was going to keep Bagram open. He was going to bomb the rest of the on the way out, take all the material out, and but keep Bagram open. But I mean. Uh, we've had a series of unforced errors from the military standpoint. Of course, the most egregious of which is this disastrous withdrawal. But then there's the strategic errors in terms of managing other countries to, to for the raw material component, because China plays the long road. And we hear about the, the rare earth minerals that are in Afghanistan and that China now is going to recognize the Taliban. And, of course, they're going to be happy to fill the vacuum alongside and, and tolerate the terrorists. So from, a, from an economic security standpoint, that's going to hurt us badly. China's already laid claim to a large amount of the world's rare earth metals. So I see on both fronts that America is shooting itself in the foot. No, no pun intended at all. What say I, you? I... I agree. It's the, we've gone into so many places with uh, military might, thinking that we're doing the right thing, and China stays keeps their military for the most part within their borders and uses their financial clout to motor around the world, sucking up all these resources and get buddy buddy with everybody. And they've even done that here. I mean, they've owned the the potash mineral rights and mines down in Florida and they own now a third of the U.S. pork production and stuff and it's like what in the heck are we doing to ourselves and um, I'll kind of digress on that line I think we should have taken the stance I believe Japan has that if you're a foreign entity of any kind you can lease real estate here but you cannot own it and you can't own any mineral rights but yep Yep. We're just too, too short-sighted thinking. We're thinking at the immediate, yep. fill my wallet up, and that's it. Yep. 
Well, on the other hand, if AOC and Bernie Sanders and uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib and uh, and Cory Bush and others get their way, we'll be Venezuela pretty soon. And what did Venezuela do when things got bad? Just nationalize it. So, I mean, you know, and I'm, of course, have my tongue firmly planted in my cheek uh, there. I'm kidding you. But, oh, that's true. Um, if, I, if, if I can digress for just a moment, um, just within the past two weeks, I had the privilege of having an extended conversation with a couple that immigrated from Russia about 40 years ago, and I had experience in past life with similar thing in the 80s, and they are just absolutely flabbergasted at what's going on, just at the at their wit's end. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Hey, if I can ask you a question, uh, Gene, you're a respiratory therapist, um, and um, I'm wondering how uh, you're faring in your domain, wherever you're work uh, with COVID, because it's, uh, I would say that in in, uh, rural Missouri and in uh, the neck of the woods where I practice medicine, uh, it has been, this surge has been worse than the January, February surge. I mean, it's been sustained, uh, I would say, two to three times worse in in the area. What say you? Well, I started out, I'm actually doing pulmonary function tests now. That's a subset of respiratory, respiratory therapy, as you know, at SLU. And when COVID first hit, we canceled our little pulmonary group, canceled about 750 people's tests. So we're still kind of uh, picking up from that, but just really, really busy uh, kind of across the board. Um, As far as COVID numbers, I don't know where the hospital is currently on that. I've kind of got my fingers a little bit out of that. Okay. Uh, well, I just wondered. I, uh, are, are you going to get a? Are you vaccinated? You're going to get a booster? Can I oh, ask yeah. a HIPAA a personalized question there? <laughs> I am. It was a mandatory thing. I got my second ah. shot in January, and I haven't seen anything coming out of uh, yeah. Mahogany Row about boosters at this moment. Right. Well, I know that uh, when the boosters become available, I'm certainly going to get one. And uh, I uh, I would urge everyone else to. I, I, I just uh, I, I'm hearing more and more uh, reports of people that I know and um, that were resistant to the vaccine. And, and they or their loved ones have become gravely ill recently. Um, uh, I heard of a death of a of a very, very close uh, individual's uh, spouse. And I just uh, really encourage people to really strongly consider the, the, the vaccine. It's the, it's the way we're going to at least be able to manage this problem. I don't think we're, I, I'm not confident we're going to shut the door on this like we did on smallpox or polio. I think this is going to be something that uh, we learn to manage with um, new vaccines that address the newer variants and with better and better treatment, uh, such as the monoclonal antibodies. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to, Western and especially American science always prevails and uh, we will prevail. So, hey, thanks, Gene. It's always great to uh, great to hear from you. And thanks for listening to News Talk STL. Do you listen on 1019 or 94.1 or streaming or the app? I've got to get it on the app and streaming. I'm just over in Belleville, and the signal's just a little wonky enough right where I'm at. Yeah. I don't get it until I'm almost well, that's, downtown St. Louis. That's, so. that, that's from that jamming signal from the powers at the People's Republic of Illinois, that, you know, if they're in Springfield. That's exactly so. right. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Hey, thanks very much, Gene. Have, have a great rest of your weekend. <laughs> you too.
Bye-bye. All right. Gene's, uh, Gene's a, a real stalwart uh, conservative and a great, great, great guy. He actually got uh, retrained as a second career to do respiratory therapy. We see a lot of that these days, don't we? People that uh, start out in one realm and uh, and migrate to another. And, um, <coughs> boy, only in America, huh? I mean, that's uh, you don't you don't hear about that in other countries without the freedom and the latitude uh, and the equality of opportunity that we have equality as opposed to equity. Right. Um, so at any rate, that's uh, that's an interesting opinion. I mean, I think that the mineral rights are, are something that haven't been talked about much. I hope to talk to Tom Spore, uh, who's the director for Center for National Defense, about that and other issues about the basic strategy of pulling out of Afghanistan. What how should that have been defined? And then once that decision had been made uh, to remove our military forces, small 2,500 uh, person footprint we had there, what, uh, you know, how should it have been done? And the other thing that is is curious, perhaps you saw and heard that the United Kingdom, the parliament, in an unprecedented move, censured the president of the United States. I mean, basically spanked him. And that's just, oh, man, I'm going to use the word, I'm going to use the word empire in all the right ways. I think the American empire may be in decline. The American empire, unlike the Roman empire and other um, malevolent empires, at least at some point in their evolution, the American empire has always been one that wanted to spread the ideals of the American experiment. That is freedom, liberty, equality, even though we didn't always achieve our ideals, we certainly knew what they were. And anyone that wants to call and talk to me about 1619, bring it on, baby. I'll have that discussion too. But but is the American empire in decline as a result of the actions of President Joe Biden? I, I don't know. I just, it, it, and does that mean that retraction to a purely isolationist standpoint and enabling these these now evolving coalitions between Russia and China and Iran is that really in our long-term interest um, I, I don't know we're going to talk with Tom Spore when we come back and uh, and later on with you when we uh, when we roll on with the show here on the Randy Tober program on News Talk STL it is already 37 minutes after the hour I can't believe the way the time's going along with Max Foise I am Randy Tobler we are the Tobler show News Talk STL one zero one nine ninety four one. We'll be right back. So I would have taken the people out. I then would have taken all military equipment, and I said to them, "I want every single nail, screw, and bolt." I then would have, with the exception of Bag- Bagram, which I would have kept. I would have bombed all of the bases because I don't want to give those bases to Russia, China or even the Taliban, I would have bombed every base. I would have evacuated them. I would have taken out every single, and I use this expression with our woke generals. I said, I want every single screw to be taken out. And I had Millie tell me, sir, it's cheaper to leave the equipment than to take it out. Welcome back to the program, and it's a real pleasure, and I mean that a privilege, too, to talk to Lieutenant General uh, Thomas Spohr, Director for Center for the National Defense uh, at Heritage. And um, um, Lieutenant General Spohr, I'm humbled when I'm in the presence of service members and especially of esteemed ones like yours, so forgive me if I stumble and bumble a little bit, but thank you for joining us for the first time here on the program. Yeah, Randy, thank you. It's good to be here. 
Well, first of all, our audience needs to know that you led, you oversaw in 2011 one of the most successful and the largest and the most efficient withdrawal of troops from Iraq in that case ever in military history. And so, what a what a timely uh, chat we're going to have. Uh, your your thoughts regarding the planning and execution and what appears to be the rigidity and lack of um, adjustment. Uh, that we've witnessed in the last uh, couple of weeks here uh, in the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And then we'll get into some other issues. But what's your initial reaction? Yeah, Randy, I think we're at the place we are right now as a result of a series of unfortunate decisions that were made that kind of boxed in the military into the situation we are now. It reminds me of a an owner calling in plays to the field in a football game and calling them in for the first three quarters of the game and then you get to the last time last quarter when you're down 10 touchdowns and the coach or the owner says okay have it you can you can do it whenever you want well it's too late you know we've already gotten ourselves so we number of decisions to the way we pulled out the way we gave up our most important bases first the way that we left all the civilians to the end to be evacuated uh, lots of regrets i think on the part of how we did this all right, so it uh, a self-inflicted wound. Is that the way? Is that the best way to describe what's going on over there? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, we, you know, everybody in the military kind of had this belief that there's a really good chance that the Afghan military, without U.S. support, was going to collapse. And so these these allegations that we didn't have that kind of intelligence—that's just false. Uh, the fact that you know we've said that the only options we had were to pour more troops in there. The Afghanistan was, was stable and it was it wasn't perfect, but it was doing well with just twenty five hundred US service members there. And so yeah, I think if nothing else, the last couple of weeks have kind of revealed to us that kind of the the story that are being told out of the White House are not really matching reality. Yeah. Yeah. If you were planning the withdrawal, I mean, I, I do want to get your opinion on whether or not we should have continued to have a, a soft footprint there. I mean, we talked with uh, Senator, former Senator Jim Talent a couple weeks ago and again on our station this week, he doubled down on the notion that he's in the camp that having a, a, a footprint there like we have in Korea and Japan and Germany and Italy and other places. Uh, is a wise thing to do. And I mean that in the truest sense, a wise way that we can keep an eye on things, on, on, on seed beds that weeds can grow in, to use a metaphor, and that it was stable, as you said, and we could have maintained that stability. But but anyway, if, if the decision had been made to totally withdraw, um, how would you have sequenced it? C- can you give us a, 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 a just a, a thumbnail sketch of that? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of talk about Bagram, Bagram Air Force Base we should have kept that. That's the most capable, biggest, easily securable base in all of Afghanistan. We should have kept that to the last moment and kept enough forces there to secure that. We should have gotten our civilians, the Afghan friends that we have there, we should have gotten them out first versus uh, we essentially reduced the military to zero. And then when the Afghan army fell, we were into a place where we had to reintroduce forces back into the country. We got that uh, completely backwards. We should not have pulled out the contractors that we had supporting the Afghan air forces and providing their supplies. Um, we could have transitioned the mission to different countries and, and they could have kept the air, Afghan air force flying, but instead 
almost overnight, we pulled out all the contractors that were helping keep the Afghan army's helicopters and planes and their logistics uh, running. And so the Afghan army woke up one morning to find that nobody was going to come with with new supplies of ammunition. They weren't going to be able to support uh, air support. And that really kind of robbed the Afghan army of the morale that you need to continue to prosecute a war. Yeah. Those are the big so, things that stand out for me, Randy. Okay. Um, well, that's, and, and there's some things that you wrote an article and folks, I'd, I'd refer you to the truth spoken and well written by our guest, uh, Lieutenant General Thomas Spore, the director for national defense um, uh, at, uh, at Heritage on heritage.org. You wrote a piece called Biden's five mistruths on Afghanistan. And, and one of the things in Biden's ongoing blame game, uh, it's, it's the Afghanis themselves, it's the Afghan military, they put their tail between their legs and ran, it's, uh, it's Donald Trump's fault because he negotiated with the Taliban, and, and oh, Biden, while he was, not, uh, he was not bound to adhere by any other of, the, of Trump's uh, maneuvers, that one seems to have, <laughs> have bound him, which is a crazy right. and uh, un, unrealistic uh, approach. Um, but he, he was he's he this this thread has been spun by his handlers and himself that uh, you know the the Afghan uh, soldiers were only there because we were paying them. I've heard that on from his defenders. We were paying them outlandish sums, and it was only because of the mercenary money that they were making. And the minute that went away, forget about it. I mean, so this thing was going to collapse anyway. True or false? False. I mean. Actually, the pay had been the one, the one thing that was continuing was the pay. The United States was continuing to fund, um, excuse me, the U.S. military or the Afghan army. And so that that was continuing. I mean, the Afghan army for at least seven or eight years has been taking extraordinary casualties. They've lost over 60,000 soldiers killed in action, more than the United States lost in Vietnam. And so it really galls me for the president, our president, to accuse the Afghans of not having the will to fight. They've been they've been lay, laying their lives on at a rate that would make U.S. citizens blanch and and not even you know thinking about pulling out or stopping the war. So they were they were actually defending their country uh, and doing a, a decent job of it uh, up until the moment that we decided to pull out. And that really started uh, when Joe Biden made an unequivocal statement that he was committed to that, come heck or high water, and and pre-announced it. I mean, one of the other things Donald Trump said in the interview the other night was that, and and we saw Obama pull this mistake in the past, it's like, uh, hello, I'm going to be out of here at uh, midnight on August 31st, okay, Taliban, uh, the vacuum is being created, come fill it. I mean, that's, that's the way I view it. Is that wise strategy? No, no, exactly. <laughs> you think we would learn this lesson? Obama did it. Uh, we did it in Iraq. You would think we would realize that announcing the exact date of our withdrawal is is crazy uh, militarily, still, uh, politically. It makes no sense to to let the enemy know that you know no matter what they do, you're going to be leaving and. We've signaled our intentions, and all they have to do is wait us out. And it's just the absolute converse of what you should be doing in these situations. You should be yeah, conditions-based. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. 
Well, well I, mean, I, I was going to say Do- Donald Trump's Do- Donald Trump's M.O. has always been keep them wondering and keep them surprised. Right. Even in domestic matters. Right. Don't play your cards. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the art of the deal is make outrageous demands. See what you can get. Um and he say, you know, I can't imagine Donald Trump saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this deal on this date, no matter how you know what money you give me or any other conditions." That's just not the way you work. Okay, well, that's that's good. I I just I wanted I just wanted to. Oh no, it cut two, Max. I'm sorry. I I, I would like to play something from the Afghan ambassador Ross Wilson, um, and and get your thoughts about a little blaming of Americans that didn't listen to the warnings to get out earlier. I'm thinking of when uh, when the authorities tell people to get out before a hurricane and then they're on the top of their roof. Well, why didn't you get out? Is there credibility to this? Let's I try to call balls and strikes and I know you do too, uh, uh, Tom Spore. So let's let's hear this and get your reaction. Go. We put out uh, repeated warnings every three weeks to Americans going back to, I think, March or April. Uh, each one in stronger terms. Leave now. Leave in immediately uh never in my my uh 40 years of working uh, uh, since i began working at the state department have i seen such strong uh, such strong language used uh people chose not to leave that's that's their business Okay, so we're hearing about Americans uh, behind the lines, the the, the Taliban enemy lines, and that uh, they can't get to the airport. They were told to get to the airport before they were told not to go to the airport. And then we hear about some uh, special forces uh, operations to get them to the to the rescue uh, site there, then through the gates. Uh, Is there any culpability in the part of Americans uh, that decided not to heed those warnings once the writing was on the wall? Yeah, I, I tend to think there's a little bit there. I mean, if you've been told, just like a hurricane, to get out uh, or suffer the consequences, I think you at least bear a portion of the responsibility. You know, no one ever expects the United States just to abandon you in a foreign country. And so I don't think anybody ever would have anticipated that. But I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of reasons why somebody wouldn't leave. They have extended family with Afghan ties or they love the country or they have a business that they can't abandon. So I can... I can certainly understand that, and I don't, I don't think it is complete absolution from the responsibility the United States has uh, towards its citizens overseas. But I think at some point after a number of warnings, uh, you start to pick up a measure of responsibility. Now, that does not do anything for the Afghans who, had, who were owning or possessed special immigrant visas. That you know They didn't receive such warnings, and they didn't have such opportunities to get out. Yeah, yeah. In the last couple of minutes, we have uh, uh, Joe Biden has talked about he's he's keeping his intelligence horizon uh, available to where it's like, don't worry about it, uh, folks. We got an eye on those Al Qaeda and the ISIS K. Don't worry about it. We don't need to. Ha- I mean, what I'm hearing is we don't need to have anyone there. I got you covered. True or false? That's false. I mean, the dilemma is, and now we, the uh, the closest we will be to Afghanistan is a two to three hour flight from either Qatar or maybe a Navy ship in the Persian Gulf. And your opportunity to be on station is very, very limited. So you're relying on overhead imagery, maybe radio intercepts, telephone intercepts to kind of figure out what's going on on the ground. We will have almost no ability to understand what's going on, to, to be able to distinguish a terrorist from somebody that just happens to be out walking with an AK-47. And frankly, if you're in Afghanistan, 
you need to be carrying an AK-47 uh, because of the criminals there. And so our ability to understand what's going on or to influence it has almost gone to zero. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, and, and, and finally, um, what is the what is the fallout from this in terms of the thousands of Al Qaeda, ISIS K, uh, who knows what other bad guys that we've already seen? They took out a planner with the drone. Was that just optically important from a political standpoint, or can we put a dent in the already evolving? We saw it on Thursday, the terrorist threat there, and will it? Thomas Sport, director of National Defense for Heritage, become. Uh, an attack sooner or later on our homeland? I think it's very likely it will devolve back into being a terrorist uh, haven. I, you know, we couldn't even uh, take out ISIS-K when we were in the country and we had all kinds of special operations assets. To think that we can keep these terrorist heads down um, from thousands of miles away, I think it's just ludicrous. I think we've we're going to essentially return to back to where we were on 9-11, where we have this landlocked country that we have very little understanding of what's going on and we'll be, you know, have to lob in cruise missiles or drop bombs every so often to, to try and intimidate them. But we won't have much else ability there. Wow. Well, as director of the Center for National Defense and Heritage, I'm going to be following you like a hawk. And uh, I want to thank you for all of us listening and for me personally, for your service to this country and for your service now in analysis at Heritage. And we hope to, to touch base with you again. Thank you so very much for being with us. It's a pleasure, Randy. Thank you. There he is. And I have to say, uh, Lieutenant General Spohr got his master's at Webster University here in St. Louis. So uh, there is a connection. Hey, uh, we'll come back at the top of the hour and continue with the program. I uh, I, I do want to continue on the Afghanistan theme and get your opinions. The numbers are 912-1019. And make sure that you stay tuned. Tell your friends about the program. A lot of the listeners to our uh, previous platform don't even know we're here. So let everyone know that wants to hear true authentic conservative talk. Welcome home. Max and I will be back right after top of the hour.